Do we as humans have free will, or are our choices limited to what is in keeping with our nature? Do we choose God, or does He choose us on this slice of fresh bread? Welcome to Fresh Bread, a podcast ministry of Grace Bible Church Gainesville. Pastor Brandon, Pastor Keith. Well, thanks for clicking on Fresh Bread, Fresh Bread Podcast 39, where we're bringing the truth of God's Word to a starving world. And today we're going to be tackling the issue of free will. Do we as humans have free will? Can we choose God? Is it God that chooses us? I'm Pastor Keith. He's Pastor Brandon. It's such an easy topic that we're tackling today, free will. Yeah, that's a, it's a, it's a hugely, yeah, it's very easy. It's hugely easy. No, it's very uh, a lot of a lot of ink has been spilled on on this topic uh, by men much smarter than I am, and and I'm sure Keith would say the same. You know, men like Jonathan Edwards, Calvin, Luther. Um, you know, these guys have all Augustine. They've all all the big heavyweights have have weighed in on this topic. Very, very difficult topic to really understand, but I think we can hopefully give you some ideas, idea biblically what, what Scripture says and what it doesn't say. Okay, let's start with right off the bat, let's define free will. Can we choose God? Is it God that chooses us? Well, I think, yeah, I mean, okay, so free will, I mean, there's, there's lots of ideas floating out there in terms of what free will is. I think the, probably the most popular idea is Basically, it, you might call it. I think R.C. Sproul called it the humanist fr- view of free will. Uh, is so basically is defined as our ability to make choices uh, spontaneously. That is, choices that we make are uh, not conditioned or determined by prior prejudice, um, inclination, or disposition. So you know we we make our own choices. So as it pertains to salvation, those who hold that view would say that we're you know we choose God. That it's of our own choosing. There's no outside. There's no outside influence. There's nothing that that keeps us from from choosing Him. Um, so that I mean that would be an understanding of of free will uh, that that's out there. Where would they get that in the Bible? I don't see that anywhere in Scripture. I don't. I, I don't think it's a biblical thought. I think it's just prideful man who wants to. I, I my my concern would be that it's prideful man wanting to have some part in making mm. that decision for God. That that somehow we want to be the the reason why that decision is made. It's interesting because I would say that we have free will in that we do make decisions in and of ourselves. But I think that there's also there's also a what we have to recognize is that there's also the bondage of the will in that we are in a sin we have a sin nature and we are in a in bondage and we're going to make decisions the decisions that we make are going to be corresponding to that sin nature. Speaking of the unbeliever specifically the the unbeliever is is in bondage to his sin therefore when they make a decision you can't say you can't rightly say that that it's completely free in the sense that 
you can say it's free in the sense that they make their own decision. I mean, I, I, I always talk about, you know, going to the ice cream shop. If I, if I choose to go to the ice cream shop, I'm making a decision that is, that is a decision according to my will. I've made that decision. I think it's a real decision. But at the, at the, at the end of the day, as I, when, you, when you break it down, there's going to be some inclinations that affect my decision. And what we're saying is, is that when we are in bondage to sin, when, we are, when we're in that, in that, in that situation where, where we're part of the world, Ephesians 2, Ephesians 2, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins, when I make decisions, it is going to be according to my inclination. And my inclination is away from God toward evil, not to God and to what is good. And so that is prior to, you know, the, the Holy Spirit coming in to live in me and to, to take up residence. But in and of myself, my inclination is not for good. My inclination is not for God. And therefore, in that sense, I'm in bondage. Does that all come from original sin where Adam sinned and that's passed down into our yes. origins? Yes, because, yes, when, when sin was introduced in the world through one man, Adam, and sin has been passed down, and so that from generation to generation, and so, yeah, it, it, I mean, that is original sin, and that sin nature has been, I've, I've received that sin nature from my father, passed down all the way from Adam, and yes, that because of that sin nature, our desire is is going to be is in bondage to that sin nature is probably a good way to put it. So that when I make a decision, it it is a real decision in real time. I mean, I, I it is a it it is a free decision, but it's in bondage in the sense that because of my sin nature, I'm not going to want what is good. I'm not going to of my own self. I'm not going to choose God. So would it be getting back to your ice cream analogy to go to the ice cream shop? Is it, is it that you are going to the ice cream shop because you are, I don't want to say worshiping, but you're. Let's say it's very pleasurable to have vanilla bean is my favorite, but some people like you know my wife laughs at me because that's gum. the most plain. But let's say you you know you're you're looking for pleasure and you go get it at the ice cream shop. You, you're you're trying to feed that that idol in your heart of pleasure and comfort and well very well could be that that's that's your motivation for going to get an ice cream very well it very well could be what i'm saying it is not is that it's not to be pleasing to god like in and of yourself in and of your sin with your sinful nature going to the ice cream shop is not to be pleasing to god i'm not doing it for that reason uh, i see okay yes i i can't say for sure that you know the motive is is you know, because I am finding comfort in ice cream or idolizing ice cream or because I'm a glutton or, I mean, very well could be, very well could be those things, but that are, that are the, the motive because I am in bondage to sin. But what I can say for sure is that it, that it's not for good intentions, which anything that's not a good intention or a godly intention for, you know, for the glory of God I would define as sin, right? I would define that as evil, right? But, but I'm not saying that it necessarily is specifically 
you know, because I'm a glutton or, or something yeah. like that. That makes sense. So it makes sense to me then to say that, okay, we are we are sinners, and we're controlled by our sin, and we really love our sin, and we're doing everything we can to, and I'm talking about like the sins of pleasure, comfort, the idols that we have in our heart. If we're seeking those out, our heart is desiring that, and our brain is, is moving us into that direction to get that for us. If that's what we're doing, and we have free will, why would we then all of a sudden decide to choose God and leave that alone? That's well, that, my, my I mean, that, Yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. Theologians would say it, uh, that basically you're going to do what is your greatest desire at that at any given time, and so if your if your desire is to have the comfort of of ice cream, you know that's what you're going to do. There's no, there is no, there's nothing. Other, there's no nothing that's competing against that, you know, in terms of especially the unbeliever. I mean, there's nothing. I mean, they're going to do what is whatever their desire is, and I mean, ultimately, that's the issue. We're not arguing that they don't that unbelievers don't have a free will. What we're arguing is is that they actually do have a free will, and that they're going to be judged for those choices that they make, and because those those choices are volitional choices. They're doing. The unbeliever does what he wants or he or she wants to do. I mean, they they are doing. It's not as if there's a there's a coercion. On, that's what I think. That's the that's sort of the 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 issue is that that people say, well, you know, basically you're just you you're not doing what you want to do. No, there no. That's that actually is. They actually actually are doing what they want. They're they're working, you know, according to their own desires, and it's just that they're walking according to their sinful desires, as opposed to what God would what would bring glory to God. They're walking according to the world. They're walking according to Paul says in Ephesians two. I brought it up earlier, but you know, he goes on. It says he goes on. You were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world according to the ruler of the power of the air the spirit is now that is now working in the sons of, of disobedience it's interesting because you know in which you formerly walk well what is he talking about in which you know what is he what's he getting at well he's it's you're walking in your sins i mean you walked according to your sinful nature you you walked then according to the a course of this world you know the the world was informing you and how you should act, and and according to the ruler of the power of the air. I mean, the satanic forces that are that are you know in control of this world today. I mean, obviously God is fully in control, sovereignly in control. But He's given you know that this world today in its fallen state is you know Satan is the ruler of the power of the air, the he the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience, and so they're but they're walking. It's not as if they're walking against their will. Right, their will is just in accordance with the spirit of the, of the air of the disobe- spirit of disobedience. That their their own will is aligned with this world. So they're walking. It's in they're in freedom. It's just they're in alignment with what the world would do. And so what changes as a believer is that you know we're given a we're giving new desires. We're given a new a new outlook on life, if you will. I mean, we're the. The Holy Spirit changes things, and it changes us, and on the inside, changes our heart, and and He changes our desires. He changes our will, so that we have a desire to obey Him. We have a desire to pl- be pleasing to Him, to bring glory to Him, and and that doesn't mean that you know at times that we don't fail. 
we do fail. And, you know, because we're, again, we're volitional creatures that we were able to make choices. And sometimes we make sinful choices, even as believers, because we let, you know, our sinful desire override our desire to, to obey Christ. But ultimately, as believers, the difference is, is that now I'm walking according to a new desire, according to an, I'm a new creation. I'm, I've been made, a, I'm a new creature in Christ. And so that, that changes when I become a believer from that, from being walking according to my, my free will in my free will aligned with the world influenced by sin versus now a, a will that is influenced by the spirit. So after we're saved, then we have free will to sin or not sin. That's the only time, right? Before we're saved, we are always going to go for the sin. Yeah, it's not to say that unbelievers can't do quote-unquote good things, but the motivation right. for doing those things is not a godly motivation. It's not to be pleasing to the Lord. It's not to be, it's not to be holy. My, the motivation to do those things, to do those quote-unquote good things, like you know, carrying the groceries across the road for the, for the old lady, that's a good thing. Nobody would say it would be a bad thing. But the reason why I do that as an unbeliever is, is, is potentially because I want to look good, because I want to feel good about myself, uh, because I, my mother taught me to do that way, and I want to be pleasing to my mother. And, you know, there, there's, all, there's a myriad of reasons why I would carry the groceries across the road for the little old lady. As a believer, that all changes. And now, I, I, yes, I would, I would want to carry the, the groceries across the, store, well, across the road for the little lady, but I'm doing so, hopefully, with my, you know, aligned with what the Lord would want. He would want us to, to respect our elders. He would want us to, to love those around us. He would want us to love our neighbor, you know, those sort of things. And, and I know that when I do that, that I'm showing love for him. I'm showing that I want to bring glory to him. I, my, my will is now aligned with what he desires. You know, he, he'll give me the desires of my heart in that my heart has changed, in my, that my heart is now in line with him as opposed to the world. That makes sense. Does, does man have a free will where he can act independently of any outside sources, conditions, or people? How would you answer that question? There, yes, I would say the answer is yes. You know, and, and you, you may challenge me and say, well, what if somebody put a gun to your head and said, this is actually a, an example R.C. Sproul gave in one of his videos I watched this morning, but he said, you know, he gave the example of, you may challenge me and you may say, well, what if somebody put a gun to your head and said, give me your wallet? You know, then you're acting that you're being coerced to do that. But, you know, he made the he made the point that, you know, I made I still am making a choice. It's just it's it's limiting my choices. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't only I but I but I'm still making a choice. I can either choose to give him my wallet because I want to live or I can say, no, you're not getting my wallet because I, w I don't want to give in to you. But I'm still making a choice. I'm still making a choice within myself. It's still a free choice that I'm making, even though I'm being coerced by the gun. I'm still, I'm still making that choice. And I would say, yeah, I mean, I think that, that we do make, we do have a free will. The unbeliever has a free will to make a free choice. But what we have to recognize is that, but that choice is never ultimately free because it's, it always has a master. That choice is always either either the master is the world and sin, or the master is God and the Holy Spirit. Mm. And so I'm. There's still it's 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 one and the same. It's 
it's free and that I'm making the choice that I would make, right? I'm not, I'm not being coerced in that sense. I'm not, it's not as if sin is coercing me. I mean, I'm able to, I'm still making the choice that I would make. It's just that the sin is what is, is influencing me to make that choice. So getting back to our salvation then, if that's true, then can we choose God in well, our sinful state? No, no. We cannot choose God in our sinful state. That is, that is the one thing we cannot do. We cannot choose righteousness. That, that ability was taken away at the fall. We, we are now, we are now you know, slaves to, to the sin that, that resides in us, in our, in our body. And therefore, we can't, you know, man is, man is fallen, that my, bond, my will is in bondage to sin. So I'm going to make the decision that I want to make. I'm going to make a decision that I wanted to make, right? But it's going to be according to my nature, right? I'm, not, I'm, I'm making all, all the decisions that I make are according to my nature, which if I'm an unbeliever, I'm, it's a sin nature. So I can't choose God because my because that's antithetical my sin nature is antithetical to god so i can't and i can't choose that which is truly good because my sin nature is antithetical to to who he is to 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 true goodness and so and you got to remember that it's god who does who it's god who defines goodness right he he is the very definition of goodness and so i mean his he, his character is the very definition of goodness so if i can't choose him if I can't choose to do what, if I can't choose choose to do good, then I can't choose him either. I mean, I, I, it is, but it's, but again, it's my own, it's my own self, it's my own nature. I'm not, I'm not going against what I desire. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah, I, if I, the truth of the matter is, is that if I'm an unbeliever, and I choose God, I'm actually going against my own nature. I'm actually going against what I desire. I mean, that's, that's the, that's the thing is that, that, and when I sit in, if, you know, when, if I choose to to go my own way, if I choose, I, I I can't choose God because I, because that goes against who I am, right? But I'm not going to be able to say, well, you made me this way because, because I, I mean, I, I, I'm doing it of my own volition. I'm, if I'm, if I'm in that position as an unbeliever, I'm walking according to my own desires, my own will. I can't. I can't blame God because, because I did what I wanted to do. I did. Yeah, I won't be able to say, "Well, you made me do this." There's no. There's no coercion. I. It's self. I. I'm self determining, uh, and I think that's what we have to recognize is that, that, the it, it is actually the issue of free will, that's the big issue here. I. I am able to. I actually am. I actually am making my own decisions but I'm responsible for those decisions. And you're making those decisions but through your nature. That's right. I, I think I understand now. It is a complicated... So there is... Technically, there's... I guess you could define it as free will as a sinner because you're, you're going after your... Na- but you're using your nature as what's pre- compelling you to go and do what you're doing. But I guess you have this the choice of... Going at, to the ice cream shop, and you can be addicted to ice cream. You can be in, or you we can put anything in there: drugs, alcohol, sex. 
all that you have a choice of going to which one you want to go to. Yes. But you're fulfilling your nature. Yes, I mean, but you're not going. You're 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 going with who you are. I mean, who you are at at your core. I mean, it's who you. That's who you. That's who you are, and you're not contradicting that. I mean, it's it's that's. I mean, you're making those decisions when it, in and of yourself when you make those decisions, and you can't blame others for those decisions that you're making. You can't say, "Well, I was coerced into doing these things." I mean. You, you're, you're actually, you, you weren't, you, you did them yeah. because, because that's your nature. Okay. When we look at some of the false beliefs, Pelagianism, it's a false teaching that believe evil by our own choice, not because of any sinful tendencies or guilt that we inherited from Adam. And then you bring in Arminianism, which is kind of a semi, like an offshoot of Pelagianism. Yeah. I mean, Pelagianism would be denying that, you know, the original sin. Pelagianism would be that the Pelagianism, you know, Pelagianism would say that man's basically good and can choose God, yeah, and and do good. And I think I think when we're all born, that's kind of way we think, right? We do think that way. We think we are okay. Yeah, I mean, I do think for sure. I mean, I think that that. I mean, I know I was. I used to say every unbeliever is Arminian. <laughs> yeah, I've heard um, Nathan Boosnan said that at the yeah. seminary. Yeah, and I think that there is a there is a sense of that that being true that we think that we have the ability to choose God that we somehow have some ability to make that choice and so you know when you present it to an unbeliever as a choice you know in their in their mind that that's a real choice that they're making that they are able to make it's almost like the analogy of the drowning swimmer where there are those that believe that Christ is the lifeguard. And when we are in trouble, we, we shout out, we raise our hand and we say, help me, help me. And then Christ jumps in and saves us. Whereas that would be a kind of a, a semi-Pelagian. Thing. Yeah. But yeah. our view is that you're already, you're, you've already drowned and you're dead and Christ jumps in and saves you. Well, our view would be you're never alive spiritually, yeah. right? You're dead, you're dead spiritually and you need, you need to be brought back to life. And it's God who gives you that life. It's God and the Holy, Sp- uh, the Holy Spirit who gives you life to be able to make that, to make that choice, you know, and, and in real time, I think it's a real choice in the sense of, you know, we are, you know, I'm probably going to step in it here, but, you know, we are making a choice. Uh, you know, choose this day whom you shall serve. As for me and my house, this is, you know, Joshua, mm-hmm. we will serve the Lord. I do think it's a real choice, but I think that it's what we have to recognize is that it's the, the Lord who has changed us so that we can make that choice, that he, he's the one who brings us, makes us, we were dead in our trespasses and sins. Now we've been made alive. That's Ephesians 2, you know, 4 uh, and 5. It, we've been made alive in Christ. And so I, it's, it's him that's doing that, that has done that. And you know, then we can, are able to choose uh, according to our new nature, um, that he's given us a new nature, and, and now we're choosing to follow Christ. And so, you know, from a point of view of, a, of, the, of the believer, yeah, I mean, we, we made a choice. I mean, it, there's no... I don't think there's any biblical doubt about that, but it, it, what we have to recognize it's God who made, the, who actually made the choice before us. That God is the one who chose to, to save us, and and that we're just following after that, what he's what he's chosen to do. I, I think, like you said, I I agree that we would all start out as Armenian, but once you read Scripture, I think it would it would move you, yeah, into a more of a 
election kind of. Sure, sure. What's biblical is to see God as the one who has, from before the foundation of the world, Ephesians 1, he's, he's chose us from before the foundation of the world. He, there's a, he has lined up everything in our life, you know, according to his will, and, and you know, that, that we would be saved. Every, everything that ever happens to us is according to his will. There's no doubt that we see that in the biblical authors. I mean, when you, when you look at the Apostle Paul as an example, on the road to Damascus, he was going on the road, he was on the road to Damascus to go and persecute Christians. He had no desire for salvation, for God, for Christ to appear to him. Christ appeared to, uh, to him according to the will of God. He saved him according to the will of God. There was nothing that, that Paul did. There was nothing that was all by grace. He didn't do he didn't do anything, not a result of works. You see that clearly. You see it in David. David was tending the sheep. God chose him to be king. That was God's sovereign choice. You know, you see it in the life of Abraham. Abraham, I'm sure, was going about his own business when God chose him. You know, you 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 see it in Moses. Moses didn't do anything to to be to be saved. I mean, you look at you can you just go down the line and you see all of you know Peter, Andrew. I mean, all of these guys, and they, none of them did anything to be saved. I mean, they didn't make that choice, if you will, in the sense of, I mean, it was God who chose them. And and so for certain, you know, the biblical the biblical record would show us that that God is the one who chooses. We see it in scripture uh, and explicitly and implicitly. So do you think the main objective of election and, you know, throw Calvinism in there and and uh, predestination is because of the doc. The main objection is the doctrine of depravity of man. Do you think that's the hardest one for us as sinners to really accept that? Well, I think that, that we we tend to want to. I mean, modern psychology definitely has denied. You know that that basically modern psychology would say that man is basically good. And definitely have denied. I mean, it would be Pelagian in in terms of theology. Yeah that they, they believe that man is basically good and given the right, you know, the right influences, the right atmosphere, the right surroundings, given the right, all the right mix that they're going to do basically what's right and good. And, you know, obviously if the 20th century should have shown us that that isn't true, but, but that's not what the Bible says. The Bible, the Bible is very clear, but I think that man does want, I think I think the biggest, the hardest sell when it comes to, when it comes to Calvinism, when it comes to election, when it comes to these things, I I honestly think that the hardest sell is getting people to realize that there is a God, and that God makes these choices, and and that I mean I think that that they want I think people want to think that they're the captain of their own soul. Mm. There's a there's a poem that that is out there. I can't remember who wrote it, but you know, that, you know, we're the captain of our own soul that we've, that we've done our thing that we, you know, what was, what, what was the song that I did it my I way, did it my way. You know, that's what we want to be able to say. And you know, that we don't want to bow down. We don't want to worship. We want to worship, but, but we ultimately want to worship ourselves 
And, and I think that's the hardest sell is to get people to see that there actually is a God who is sovereign over everything. And yes, that we're, that we are depraved and that, you know, we're sinful and that he's holy and there's a separation, you know, that's a hard sell. But at the end of the day, I think it's people want to be a captain of their own soul. And, you know, that, that's, that's the hardest sell is that you're not. And I think what's, what's even harder is, you know, the, the, I say what's even harder part of what makes that hard is that, you know, that the Bible presents God as good, you know, that, that he, everything he does is good because he is good. Right. And, you know, that, that ultimately I'm giving myself to, to this God that who has created me. And I'm, and I'm saying that what you desire for me is what is good. You know, even if it goes against what my fleshly desires are, you know, I, you know, I may have a desire that I, I'm, I legitimately think it's a good desire, but it goes against what God says is good. And I, I think that that's a hard sell, you know, that people don't want to, they don't want to give themselves over. But what they have to recognize is that even if they don't see it from their point of view, from their sinful point of view, they don't see it as good. It's still good, right? It's interesting because in Genesis 50, 20, you have Joseph and, you know, Joseph had been sold into slavery by his brothers, you know, tossed at the bottom of the well and sold into slavery by his brothers. And, you know, it went, they went through many years and ultimately they came back together and reconciled. That's a, that's a big, long story that we see in, at the end of Genesis. But in Genesis 50, 20, he's standing before his brothers and his brothers are concerned that he's going to hold it against them. And in Genesis 50, 20, he says, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. What we have to recognize is that Anything that God does is good because He is good. But I think that's a hard sell to people. We are bent by evil. That we there's a there's a there's a tendency toward evil that we have. And so everything that everything that God stands for is antithetical to who we are. And I think that's the hardest sell, if you will, in order in in terms of in terms of selling people on you know so, uh, you know Calvinistic thinking is is that that God is good. And even though I have a desire, if I have a desire that may seem like a good desire that goes against his will, and certainly if it goes against his law, then that's not good, right? It's, yeah. it's, it's not good. And so if it's you know, against his holy character, it's not good, even though I may think it is. And you know, as an example of homosexuality, I may think that it's good for me to love another man, Right. I mean, after all, it's quote unquote love. That's what everybody says. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, oh, it's love. And so it has to be good because it's love. But it's not good because it goes against God's character. It goes against his holy law. And we have to recognize that. I think that's I think that's the hardest sell when it comes to when it comes to submitting to God's sovereignty. That's a good point. So as we end this free will conversation, so ever since I saw the movie I, Robot, I've been afraid of robots. So I don't know if you are, but I am. How do we not become God's robots if, there, if we're talking about free will, if there is no free will? I think we define there is free will, but it's, a, it's, a, it's connected to our nature. So when people bring up the argument that if, we, if there is no true free will, then we're just God's robots, is that what they call a straw man? <laughs> It is a straw man. I mean, I, I do get it. I mean, ultimately, if God is sovereign over everything, he has decreed everything to happen that has happened, that will happen to happen. 
you know, how does that work with, you know, man's will, man's will in terms of making a decision in real time? What I'm arguing is, is that ultimately we're not making any decisions that we wouldn't make in and of ourselves. Yes, there is, you know, we are in bondage to, we are in bondage to our sin, to the sin, to, to our sin nature. The biggest argument would be, I didn't choose to have a sin nature, right? Mm-hmm. You know, that's the, I mean, that's the biggest argument. I didn't choose, I mean, Adam is the one that chose that, right? Adam is the one who chose to sin. I didn't. And so at the end of the day, why can't I blame Adam and Adam for my sin? And why am I responsible for the sin of Adam? But I think what we have to recognize that in Adam, he made the decision that I would have made, right? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have done anything differently. And I, and if I had been standing in that garden beside Eve, I would have chosen to eat the same as Adam did. And, and the fact that I didn't actually do, do that doesn't absolve me from the fact that that's, that he made the decision that I would make. I mean, it, it, and and the thing about it is, is I make that same decision every day. Mm-hmm. It's just because that because I'm that's who I am. I mean, I'm I am that right. So so I don't think that ultimately that's an argument. Uh, you know, in terms yeah. of I'm not going to be able to stand before God and say, yeah, it's Adam's fault. I I don't think he's going to let me do that. Yeah, I don't either. Um, and I think anyone who would say that I wouldn't have done what Adam did is just pride. Well. <laughs> Um, yes. Actually, what we could say is that we're actually robots to our sin more than we are robots of God. Yeah, but I think, but I, but I think, I think it's interesting. But that's right. But I think what we have to recognize that whole deal with Adam is an incredibly important mm-hmm. because he did have a choice, right? He he yeah. had it. I mean, he stood in that garden, and I believe that he had a real choice. Like he he chose to eat. He chose to eat from the fruit. He's the one. He he made a volitional mm-hmm. choice, and what I'm arguing is is biblically, it's as if I was standing there, right? It's as if I made that choice because I wouldn't have made any different ha- of of a choice, and so yeah. I'm just as responsible because I because I did I would have made that same choice, and I think that's incredibly important because it shows that even you know even if I. I that when I sin, I'm just going in the direction of Adam, right? I'm just going in the direction that he went, and and it, and by and that is by the way the direction that I would go if I were in that position. Like if I had that same choice that he had, I would make that same decision. Now, I would argue that it's, it was a choice between obeying God and disobeying God, because I want you to see. I want I want to make sure the distinction is. God said, don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right? God said not to. And the devil said, oh, but it's okay, mm-hmm. right? And he chose to disobey God. So it really, the choice really was, it yeah. wasn't for Eve or, or right. for God. It was specifically, am I going to obey God or am I going to disobey God? And God had given me his word. His word was, do not eat from this tree. And eat from every tree in the garden, you can freely eat. But from this tree, you cannot, don't eat. For the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. He had that choice. He had that, he had that free choice of choosing one or the other. And he chose to, to eat and, and yeah. ultimately chose to disobey God. And what I'm arguing is, is that 
I have no basis for saying that I would have done anything differently. That and that's you know, for in Adam all have sinned. I I when he did that, it's the same as I did it. It's because I wouldn't have done anything different. Yeah. Or what I'm saying is, as some would say, if you know, I didn't choose to have a sin nature, right? I didn't choose. It was Adam that made that choice, right? Oh, I see what you're saying. That gave me the sin nature, and so therefore I can blame Adam. But what I'm saying is, I can't blame Adam because ultimately I would have made the same choice. I I would have done it quicker. Yes. But the point is, is that in Adam we all sin. All we all sinned, and we can't blame him because ultimately we would have done the same thing. Yeah, I agree. Well, okay, free will. Free willy. What are you going to do with it? I don't know. Where do you want to put it? Where would you free? Would you, where would you put Willie if you freed him? I, yeah, I don't know. That movie's so old, though, I don't know if half the people are going to know what we're talking about. He's, I, a, he's a big well. He's a big well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Put him in the ice cream shop somewhere and let him flop around. You know, know, you know. That'd be interesting. It'd be a big ice cream shop. Free Willy, big whale ice cream. <laughs> Free Willy ice cream. <laughs> You've been listening to Fresh Bread, the podcast ministry of Grace Bible Church Gainesville. For more information, go to gracegainesville.org. And thanks for listening.